Europe is planning a mega constellation to compete with Starlink. Is this prudent or wasted effort that will lead to disaster? The UN is debating the future of international space law. We'll talk about the major points and controversies. And a report suggests that the Space Force is missing the mark on using the private sector. Is this a missed opportunity or a gross over-exaggeration? But first, let's back up a bit. Hello and welcome to The Undiscovered Country. I'm your host, Bryant A.M. Baker. Today I'll present the top five most important things happening in the world of space. Let's get started. Number five. Lockheed Martin is making some exciting changes to their space business. In a recent announcement, Lockheed Martin revealed their plans to consolidate their space-focused businesses into three sectors. First is the commercial civil space sector. This will focus on space exploration, missions, developing space infrastructure, and conducting scientific projects. Next is the new national security space sector. Led by Maria Demarie, this sector will handle classified and defense portfolios, supporting the U.S. military and special programs. And finally, there's the strategic and missile defense systems sector. They'll be working on strategic deterrence, missile defense, and hypersonic vehicle programs. Lockheed Martin's reorganization is a response to emerging requirements in the industry. Space capabilities are becoming increasingly important for both military operations and the global economy. Lockheed Martin has stated that they want to address the ever-growing demand and stay ahead of emerging threats. So what do you think about Lockheed Martin's strategic shift? I hope that this differentiation will help the, the mega company to cut down on bureaucracy and instead focus on innovation. But what are your thoughts? Number four. A group of major European space and telecommunications companies are joining forces to create a satellite constellation that could rival SpaceX's Starlink system. Airbus Defense and Space, Utelsat, SES, and Thales Alenia Space are among the companies forming a partnership to respond to the European Commission's call for a European satellite constellation. Dubbed the Infrastructure for Resilience, Interconnectivity, and Security by Satellite, or Iris Squared constellation, it aims to provide the European Union with internet connectivity from low Earth orbit, just like Starlink. The estimated cost of this ambitious project is around 6.6 billion US dollars, and the EU hopes to have it operational by 2027. The Iris Squared constellation represents a significant step towards European autonomy in space, enhancing connectivity and bolstering resilience. It aims to connect the entire European continent, including areas without broadband access, including extending its reach even to Africa. But Iris Squared has a long way to go before catching up to Starlink. SpaceX's mega constellation already has over 4,300 operational satellites, providing internet services to 53 countries, which plans to launch thousands more. But what are your thoughts on this European initiative? Are these European actors being wise for seeking their own capabilities, or are they unnecessarily planning to further clutter an increasingly congested low Earth orbit environment? Let me know your thoughts in the comment section.
Number three. A new working group, working from the UN's Office of Outer Space Affairs Legal Subcommittee, has met for the first time and is facing some tough challenges. The Working Group on Outer Space Resources is discussing the need for new international agreements on space activities. Some argue that the existing laws are enough, while others fear domination by powerful nations. Opinions are currently being sought on whether additional governance instruments are necessary and how to prevent monopolization and enhance resource sharing. Both topics have long been a contentious subject, even since the creation of the Outer Space Treaty, which is the central legal instrument for space, and was created back in 1967, mostly being drafted by the U.S. and the then USSR, although it has been signed onto by all space-capable of nations since. Marketability of space resources and defining ownership are also key topics. Sharing benefits and information on discoveries also poses challenges. Other agenda items include resource definitions, uh, site protection, as well standards. Consensus on all points is unlikely, but the working group's report to Copius will provide insights. Transparency and open dialogue are crucial for shaping the future of space exploration. Number two. NASA's New Horizons mission has sparked a heated dispute surrounding its future. Launched in 2006, this spacecraft made history by flying past Pluto in 2015 and Arakoth in 2019, with more exciting ventures planned through 2028 in the Kuiper Belt. However, NASA's recent review only granted funding for two years instead of the requested three. They argued that the planetary science conducted by New Horizons was less compelling compared to astrophysics and heliophysics. The decision left the mission's science team disappointed, as they believed the Kuiper Belt studies were crucial for advancing our knowledge. The uncertainty surrounding New Horizons' fate after 2024 raises important questions. But what do you think? Should NASA reconsider and provide extended funding for the mission? Share your thoughts in the comments. As discussions continue within NASA's science division, it becomes evident that cross-divisional collaboration and creative problem-solving are necessary for optimal scientific exploration. But that collaboration will require decisions on resource allocation. Number one. The Space Force may not be taking advantage of the private sector as much as they should. While Pentagon officials recognize the importance of accessing private sector services, it seems that very little funding is actually being directed towards them. Commercial space satellites such as satellite imagery, space surveillance, weather data, and broadband communications have tremendous potential and could be procured as alternatives to traditional acquisitions. However, analyst Mike Tierney has highlighted a significant disparity between industry expectations and the actual dollars being spent on these emerging technologies. Although there's a growing recognition of the value of commercial services, challenges like network security and bureaucratic obstacles still exist. However, efforts are being made to establish a commercial space office to explore buying services from the private sector. As the industry continues to evolve, it's crucial for the Space Force to adapt and integrate commercial capabilities into their force designs and budgets. 
The current disparities raise questions about the Space Force's strategy and its alignment with industry needs. But what are your thoughts on this issue? Should the government invest more in commercial space services? And if so, how can they more successfully do so without making private companies military targets while meeting the needs of national security? Thank you for joining me. Links to all the stories are in the description. I would love to hear your thoughts on everything I talked about here today. If you feel like this information has been helpful for you, please consider subscribing and following this content. I'm honored to be part of this community of citizens in this undiscovered country of ours, and I'll see you again next time.